welcome to the Girl Tries Life podcast, where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. I'm your host, Victoria Smith, a stress reduction coach who's all about helping you significantly reduce your stress so that you can actually enjoy your daily life. Now, before we get into the content of this week's podcast, I can't not recognize what's going on in the world. I want to say from the offset, in case none of you have ever seen the podcast art, I'm a I'm a very privileged white woman. And and I have to say I'm not frankly surprised at some of the things that have been happening in the news over the past few weeks. We all know that there is violence against black people. We all know it's not okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean we've been doing enough about it, particularly white people. I think for a long time I kind of felt like, well, I'm not racist. But that's not enough, right? Uh, I'm learning more and more over the past couple of weeks about what it actually means to be actively anti-racist. And I'm doing my best to educate myself to see how I can become a productive ally going forward. There's some hard truths I've had to look at this past week of, of times when, you know, we've I've been in moments where subtly racist things have been said and you don't do anything, right? Or I didn't do anything because of a fear of speaking up or uh, causing a scene or anything like that because it was a fragile white woman. And um, I'm going to do better. I'm committing to doing better. And I'm in the midst literally of reading the book White Fragility and lots that I'm working on unlearning. But I do hope that everyone listening to this podcast feels that this is a safe place for you. And if you don't feel that it's a safe place for you, please email me, victoria at stresslessladies.com, because I want to make it a safe place for you. I am, uh, I know a lot of people are muting themselves this week. What I have chosen to do is to mute all my social media accounts. I, I am amplifying melanated voices, but I, I, I did want to still have this episode come out. I think it's a really important topic. I'm not actively promoting it on social media. So honestly, if you're finding this episode, you're finding it because you've been a subscriber anyways. But it's not something that I have been actively promoting. So one of the things, two of the things I actually want to point you to that have been very helpful for me this past week is if you go to my Instagram account at stressless at stressless ladies, first of all, I am sharing a lot of resources in my stories, but if you go to the link in my bio, there's two links in there. One are some resources to financially support anti-police brutality protests. So those are bail funds um, to help people, you know, get out of jail for their peaceful protests. And the second is a list of anti-racist reading lists, um, because I think we just, you know, know better, do better. And I need to know better. And, and I'm guessing many of us do as well. So if those resources are ho- helpful for you, um, I hope so. So the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is powered by ATB. With PodPower, ATB is making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. So this episode, we are giving a PodPower shout out to Bookwomen. 
So Book Women is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Hosts Tanya Bell and Sheila LaRuck and Kayla Larson are three Métis librarians representing nations across the homeland. Now they have banded together to chat books, culture, and anything else that comes up. Book Women was recently added to Indian and Cowboys podcast incubator program for emerging voices that contribute positively to the Indigenous podcasting space. You can listen and find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca. So I want to give a bit of a podcast shout out to a fellow Alberta Podcast Network member this week, which is the Dave Berta Podcast. So they talk about politics in Alberta and you know, with the, from the get-go of this episode, right, we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, equality for all in a real way and stopping violence of police brutality. Um, that changes when you vote. That changes with politics. And so if you want to see some of that real change, you've got to become a little bit more politically aware. And if you're in Alberta, I think the Dave Berta podcast is a really great place to do that. So you can find them at daveberta.ca or honestly, if you look up Dave Berta, D-A-V-E-B-E-R-T-A podcast, uh, you will find it on pretty much any app, any podcast player. So self-sabotage is one of the juiciest topics out there because we all do it. Whether you're constantly procrastinating your work, avoiding difficult conversations, not putting yourself forward for that job, or soothing your problems with emotional eating, or whatever variation this looks like for you, self-sabotage is at play. From the get-go, I do not judge you for any of these actions. I, too, still do them from time to time. But the more I work on understanding my self-sabotaging behaviors and develop new coping mechanisms, the more I am able to get in the driver's seat during these hard moments. We self-sabotage for so many reasons. We fear failure. We fear success. We're people pleasers. We want to avoid conflict. We want to feel in control. We're afraid of the unknown. And here's the thing. Those are good reasons. Often when I talk to my clients about self-sabotage, they are very much in the personal blame game. They'll say they have no willpower. Well, <clears throat> willpower isn't actually a thing. <laughs> They'll say that they're just born this way and they have a lifetime of training. And that way, that may well be true. But the science of neuroplasticity proves that our brains can and do evolve with training. They also say that it feels easier to self-sabotage than to do the hard thing, and that I get. And frankly, it is easier. We do easy things. We like easy things mentally, but easy isn't always fulfilling. In fact, it rarely is. I do not want you to get to the end of your life and say that you didn't try for the things you wanted and dreamed for. It's the number one regret that people have, not following their dreams. So... Whatever stage you're at, whatever age you are listening to this right now, let's nip self-sabotage in the bud now. I want you to think about whatever that goal is that you keep self-sabotaging yourself around. Is it the job you haven't applied for? The book you can't, like, just can't seem to get your butt into the chair to write? Is it the emotional eating you're struggling to let go of? The workout you're not doing even though you know you'll feel emotionally better afterwards? Whatever it is, you likely know all the good things that would come if you did them. And that's why they're goals, right? Well, I want to turn this on, the, on its head. What are the good reasons for not getting what you want? Now, this can be a tricky one for many people. I mean, why would it be good to not get what I want? 
Well, newsflash, there is 100% a good reason for not getting what you want. Otherwise, you wouldn't be staying stuck. So like I said before, there are some common good reasons we self-sabotage. We fear failure. I mean, who wants to admit to themselves, their friends, their family, or their colleagues that they didn't reach their goal? Very few of us, right? Failure feels really personal, and it feels like a judgment on ourselves. But what if instead we thought of it as getting one step closer to our goal? We fear success. (laughs) This confuses many people, but genuinely, a lot of us are worried about who we would be if things changed. Would our closest loved ones judge us? And if we were super successful, would we have less time than ever? Would we have to give up on things that we love in order to be successful? I guarantee if you follow your values, there is very little to fear about success. We want control. (laughs) As a type A person who likes control, I hear this. How many times have I tried to control the outcomes with my kids, my partner, my work, my life? Mm, About a zillion. But control means that we have to know what the outcome is, and the things worth having very rarely can be predicted and planned down to a T. We don't feel deserving. Hello. (laughs) I mean, if you've ever said, I'm not good enough, smart enough, thin enough, or anything enough, then you're in this boat. Women in particular tend to self-sabotage because we have a lifetime of systemic learning that shows us that men get ahead, pretty women get ahead, etc., The bar seems like it's set higher for us than anyone else. The bar seems like it's set higher for us compared to men. Well, you're the only one that can change that. And if you don't even try, if you don't even put your name forward, you don't get the chance to find out if you could prove them and yourself wrong. We take comfort in what we know. I have traveled the world, and let me tell you, in my backpacker days, the number of North American travelers who would see the top 10 things to see but not actually venture into the unknown or try local cuisines or testing out the language was huge. Eiffel Tower, I've seen it on Insta, check, foie gras, oh, no way. Like, they would be at the McDonald's in Vietnam, like I've seen it a million times. The thing is, this need for comfort and showing up for those things Uh, It shows up in so many different ways. We don't try a new strategy at work. We don't try a new way to speak to our partner. We don't try a new way to communicate with tantruming kids because the unknown can be scary and uncomfortable. These are all good reasons for not getting what we want. We need to get to a place where you can let go of the good reason and find an even more compelling one. So first and foremost, I want you to identify a goal that you're working on where you self-sabotage a lot, okay? Next, ask yourself which one or combination of these good reasons you fall into. Okay, now that you've named it out loud, which is a big step, we cannot tame anything if we don't know the beast that we're fighting. So my next question for you would be, what tends to trigger self-sabotage for you? Is it a feeling? Being in certain situations like confrontations? Is it a certain person? certain memories. Again, we need to know what the trigger is so that the next time it comes up, because it will come up, that you can then proactively recognize it before it owns you. So go back to that goal you're working towards. What are all the reasons you want it? What would having achieved that goal do for you? How would it improve you and your life? 
What are all the positive and cool ripples that could come from the journey? Okay, so you know in detail where you want to go and why. You know in detail the good reason you're not getting there. So what would happen if you thanked that good reason? Yes, I said thank you. (laughs) Write it out on a piece of paper if that feels right for you. And can sound something like this. Thank you, self-sabotage, for keeping me safe. Thank you for letting me feel in control. Thank you. You served a purpose, but that purpose isn't serving me anymore. So I'm going to lovingly let you go because there is more for me out there. I'm releasing you and I'm moving headfirst into the direction of that goal. So go back to that trigger because that trigger is not going anywhere. So knowing what you crave, be it acceptance, success, comfort, avoiding failure, How can you proactively manage that fear next time? How can you get that craving in a way that's actually serving you and not sabotaging you? If you could mentally rehearse that moment right now with no distractions, what would you do? When we mentally rehearse challenging moments, it makes us so much more likely that we'll act the way we wish we would in that moment. I can't tell you what it is you'll do differently because it's so personal, right? It depends on your trigger and your goal. So I'll share a personal one for me. I have always had a challenging relationship to food. It has been the tool of comfort in my life. Hard moments, I eat. Sad moments, I eat. Celebratory moments, I eat. It's like a lifetime of learned behavior from my family of origin, but it is not getting me to where I want to go. And this isn't about weight or a like dress size or body image or anything like that. So let's talk the current COVID situation. <laughs> Especially in those first few weeks, I would have hard days with the change in our family and our financial situation and all the things. And once the kids were in bed, I would soothe my day with chips or chocolate or gin. But the, that really led to me not sleeping well. So when we eat late at night, your body and your brain is up processing that food into the night and holy moly was I having disturbed sleep. So truly, it's not about the weight. I like my sleep. I need my rest. I have small children I have to keep up with. I can't be tired in the next morning. Coffee doesn't do it. So the trigger truly was the time of day, like once the kids go to bed and feeling like I deserved it. I've had a hard day, so I deserve this, right? Here's the thing, I do deserve a break. I do deserve some escape, but there's other ways to get that. So my new tactic, at that time, kids would go to bed, I'd feel like you know I'd had a hard day, and my new tactic was to sit with any discomfort fully for two minutes, no distractions. And if after that I found that I was hungry, that I still wanted the food or the gin, I allowed it. But more often than not, I was not hungry, I'd just eaten dinner, and by settling in and acknowledging what I was feeling, that could actually be enough. But so often we are just like, avoid, avoid, avoid. I don't want to feel the feeling. Just try it for two minutes and see what it does. So now my evenings are still usually watching movies with my husband. We're working through the Marvel series like in chronological order because we're geeks uh, or I'm podcasting or we're doing our freaking puzzle of the world. The ocean is just killing me. Um, But it's less often about food to be the bomb for hard moments. 
Now, your self-sabotage may look all kinds of different from mine, but that's just my experience. One of my experiences. So this is a heavy topic, and those questions that I asked you, I highly encourage you to dive deep into it. And if this is resonating for you, like if you want to really learn more about not just self-sabotage, but how to build resilience during hard times, my next cohort of Don't Just Survive, Thrive, Building Resilience During COVID-19 launches on Tuesday, June 23rd. So this is cohort number three. It's a six-week program where we systematically build the foundations to help you bounce back faster and stronger from hard times. Yes, it's relevant during COVID, but these are skills and tools that are going to last you a lifetime. The previous two cohorts have been amazing, and I'm a bit of a data geek, and I always ask for feedback from participants. So from their surveys, 100% of them said they learned valuable skills. 100% said that they had, oh, they were able to immediately apply the skills to their lives. And 100% of them said they would recommend the program to someone. So They've said that they've been able to finally build strong habits, to work through their challenges in the most productive way, and to feel supported by their community. These are all their words from their surveys. This is not me. Honestly, I'm so proud of this program. And if you want to know more, if you want to snag a spot, email me, victoria at stresslessladies.com. There's only four spots in cohort three, as I'm finding that four is kind of the sweet spot to give you enough time in each session. And this particular cohort is also going to get two 30 minute one-to-one calls with me so that I can get a really good grounding in your needs before we go into group coaching and that we can set up a plan for you afterwards. So it's honestly, you know, we've just been taking the learning from cohort one and cohort two and really applying it into this one. So uh, this program is fire. It's absolutely fire. And I really hope you'll join me. Like I said, there's only four spots starts June 23rd. Um, The other two cohorts before sold out very quickly. So if you want one of the spots, uh, just email me victoria at stresslessladies.com. Okay. So like I said, lots on the go, lots of big, heavy topic for you. Uh, Lots to process. I hope it's helpful for you. If you uh, want to connect further, um, you can always find me on Instagram at stresslessladies. Like I said, I'm not posting any original content on any of my social media platforms this week. I will be back doing that next week. Um, But if you do go to Stressless Ladies, I'm sharing a lot of resources on anti-racist readings or um, doing my best to amplify the voices um, of black people and people of color. So if that is something that you're interested in, head to Stressless Ladies on Instagram. Okay, have a fantastic week. Next week, we are joined by my friend, Shanika, who runs a company called Bessie Box. And we're going to be talking about, you know, a startup culture, building a startup with some friends, and how she dealt with her little own journey with burnout and managing keeping mental health and physical health and running a business all in check. It's a really great interview. She's just a phenomenal human being, and I think you will like her. And uh, yeah, we'll connect next week. Take care of yourselves. Do your best to learn what you can. And, you know, when we know better, we do better. Take care.